This is going to be short and sweet. NBA referees are the least accountable officials in all of sports. They're allowed to let their emotions dictate certain aspects of the game. They're allowed to hand out technical fouls in situations where they don't even have the right to hand out technical fouls. They're allowed to be out of position and make calls that directly impact the game, directly influence decisions later on by coaches in the game. And they're allowed that when these players or the coaches get upset about them being out of position and making a terrible call to then get in their feelings and hand out technical fouls. And then on top of that, the league mandates that these officials are not allowed to speak to the media after the game. I find that to be completely ridiculous. Why? Because unlike most sports, the NBA's referees play an integral role in the outcome of every game. A lot of times you can watch an NFL game, and if both teams are playing a clean game, you won't see a penalty called. The game will be decided by the players. You know, there's there's no technical fouls in the NFL. There's no emotion-based decisions like technical fouls in the NFL. You could say baseball with a home plate umpire dictates a lot of the action by way of balls and strikes, right? But when you come to the NBA, these referees are running up and down the floor. They are impacting every aspect of the game. If they decide they want to call a travel here or there, they can do that. And when you talk about the travel call in the league, which has become a, a joke, these referees need to be accountable. I'm looking at some of these ref, you know, these situations where the referees handing out a technical foul while the player's walking away and talking to himself. You know, or, or a situation where Draymond Green cursed at his teammate and got thrown out of the game. And those situations, we need to hear from the referees. They should not be, you know, protected by a shroud or a cloud of the league office that allows them to do a bunch of foolishness on the floor and then go back, change their clothes, and be nondescript in the street. These referees need to be accountable. You know, when they're out of position and they make an out-of-bounds call, then now I have to challenge. Or they're out of position and they make a foul call, which is clearly not a foul, and the coach has to challenge it, and the coach loses his challenge because the ref is out of position and decided to make the call anyway. He made an anticipatory call on top of that because he figured there would be a foul and then gets upset when the coach gets upset. I think because of the personal nature of the NBA, the symbiotic relationship with everyone who's on the floor, key, key words, on the floor, players and officials alike. That symbiotic relationship, in my opinion, means that the referees need to be held just as accountable as the players and the coaches. Why? Because when they make calls that, that can cause the game to flip in one direction or the other, toss a play from the game, which will make the game flip in one direction or the other, why are they allowed to go into the back and go home and be nondescript when the players and the coaches have to have whole media scrums where they describe what happened from their point of view? Since this relationship is what it is, Everyone should talk to the media. Everyone needs to not be hidden by the league's office shroud. And NBA referees, let me say it one more time, need to be held more accountable because they are the least accountable officials in all of sports. Now let's get into this episode. I tell them welcome to the gray area. As promised, the all-NBA overrated team is here. I got the homie Mace with me, and this is the Gray Area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. It's good to be back. You already know the vibe, Mace. Uh, there's a lot of players in NBA history who are held up at the highest level by their fans, by the media, by, by the general public alike as people who are the pillars of the league. But some of those names on that list, in my opinion, Mace, they don't belong there. But before we get into that, bro, how you feeling? Everything's good, COVID and all of that? Are you safe and sound? Everything is good. The family's good. We're safe. The money is still coming in. We're working. So, you know, I can't complain. That's a beautiful thing, bro. But yeah, man, I just wanted to, you know, do, do a little human aspect of it before we get these people these names when i told them at the end of the last episode the listeners that we will be doing this i got a lot of messages from people like yo i can't wait for that episode i can't wait so i kind of wanted to be a jerk and make them wait a few extra seconds after they hit play <laughs> to give them this list wrong with that. you know what i'm saying well bruh since you're my guest i'll let you bat lead off here we're not going linear order i'm just gonna pick the position and we're gonna name names and tell you why so we're gonna start with our favorite position on the basketball floor of course shooting guard mace who is the all-time most overrated shooting guard in nba history now you know not to let the folks back in so but i didn't know that you were gonna pick shooting guard, but i absolutely love the fact that you are because 
that is our favorite position. Absolutely. Uh, the shooting god himself, Kobe Bryant, that's what he played. You know, most people's consensus, GOAT, Michael Jordan played that position. Mm -hmm. But you know, when we talking about overrated, I'm gonna have to go to the, to the 90s with it. Oh, okay, let's cook. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the 90s with it. So right now, I'm gonna have to say my all-time overrated shooting guard is out of Indiana, number 31, Reggie Miller. Ooh. That's what I'm going with, yeah. Now, before you tell me why, hold on. Before you tell me why, listeners, please be aware that overrated is not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean that we think they can't play. We're just saying that they were placed on a pedestal that they did not belong on. Go ahead, Mace. I mean, I'm glad y'all explained that because that's absolutely it. We don't think that these players are bad players. We don't think that they're not even great players, all-timers. But when we talk about overrated, we can mean by, just like you said, the fans. We can mean the blog boys. We can mean knowledgeable fans like like ourselves, right? But right now, I'm going to go with Reggie Miller. And, and there's a few reasons. Reggie Miller is lauded as one of the most clutch players of all time. Uh, guy who got better in the clutch, that made things happen, that, that mm -hmm. if the game is on the line, you want the ball in his hands. But we're going to speak a couple of real truths about Reggie Miller. Now, Reggie Miller, we don't know him as an all-around player. We know him as a great shooter. We know him as a scorer. Now, when it comes to Reggie Miller, let me let, let, me, let me spit out a few facts for you, Ray. We got, when it comes to Reggie Miller, he's never scored over 25 points or even 25 points a game in his entire career. Never 25 points a game. Most he maxed out was in his third season, a little under 25, 24.6. Now let's go to all NBA teams. To me, that's the best gauge of where a player stood in a particular season and how players rank amongst their errors. When we're talking about Reggie Miller, we're talking about he only made three All-NBA teams his entire career. Crazy. He only made three All-NBA teams, three third teams. Now, this is not the center position, John. There's six guards that make the All-NBA team every year. Six guards. So you're telling me only three times his entire career that Reggie Miller was looked at as a top six guard in the NBA. And we're talking about the 90s. And even though that was Mike's era, it wasn't a very guard heavy era. I mean, we're talking about in, in, in short seasons within his prime, Mark Price made the All-NBA team <laughs> over Reggie Miller. Joe Dumars, Drazen uh, uh, Petrovic, Latrell uh, Sprewell made it over in one year. Rod Strickland, never even made an all-star team, made it over in one year. Mitch Richmond made it over him multiple years. And even uh, former Laker guard Eddie Jones made it over Reggie Miller a couple years. So, Lake Show era. So when you talk about Reggie Miller, the mythos about him, you know, let's 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 be real about it. He never beat anybody but Patrick Ewing, brother. Like that's <laughs> the only guy that he ever stomped on, patting the Knicks. Because when we looked at his highest moments, it's it's, it's those playoff moments against the Knicks. Because he's really just a footnote in in the end of Jordan's run, in the beginning of Kobe and Shaq's run. You know what I mean? Now that's a little disrespectful, no? Yeah, um, uh, they they walked over on the championships. That's what they did. True. They, they they were at his feet. You know what I mean? So when you talk about you know when we talk about overrated, I find a common thread amongst a lot of players that get overrated. Job. It's that they had such longevity mm -hmm. and they outlasted a lot of their peers that in the in their primes they might have not have been as good, but their peers don't last as long and it makes it seem as if these guys were the better players. And you know, when you wanna when you look at at, at the stats, when you look at the all NBA teams, Reggie Miller was never really looked at as a top guard in the league so you know what it is the person that makes my own overrated shooting guard this job reggie reggie had a lot of well let me not say a lot he had a few standout moments that created a lore around him that made him an all-timer did did he magnify the three-point shot absolutely he did 
what he did coming off those screens, catching and shooting. We hadn't seen something like that before. So credit is certainly where it's due to Reggie Miller. But all time great. The argument you're making, I, I got to stand next to you. He was just a rogue in someone else's gallery. He was a rogue in the Knicks gallery. He was a rogue in the Jordan gallery. He was a rogue for one year in the Laker gallery. He was never the gallery. He was never the Batman chasing down the rogues. He was always part of someone else's story. So I can't even be mad at that pick. But for my pick, there's, there's going to be a few people upset at your boy. Very popular player. S some feel like, you know... He's up there as far as the shooting guard position, as, as far as the all-time list. Mm -hmm. My pick is none other than Dwayne Wade. Now, again, be clear. This is not a knock against Dwayne Wade. But there's a lot of people who feel like Dwayne Wade is the number three shooting guard in the NBA. And I'm like, I'm not sure about that. Is he an all-timer? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay, okay. Did you just say the Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat three-time champion that's who you're picking as your most Facts. overrated shooting guard you coming in spicy with it y'all I like it let's let, let's hear this listen what all I'm saying is this when you look at the other guards right who are on that all-time shooting guard list there's a lot of people I might I might lose listeners behind this but when you look at the all-time list you know what they all have in common outside of Dwayne Wade Mace they all have solo acts that came with adulation a championship or two or five or six mvps finals appearances so on and so forth do you realize that if let's say you make a, a top five all-time shooting guard and you left Dwayne wade at three and let's say you put iverson at four and let's say you put jerry west at five and that's your five this is a hypothetical five d wade is the only one who doesn't have a significant solo act Dwayne Wade is the only one. The only one in that five that doesn't have a significant solo act. I'm glad you and the listeners both know who the top two is, but I, I, I think you might be making a point there. Let's hear more, Joe. When I look at Dwayne Wade, does he have legendary moments? His oh, let's call it his rookie year playoff run, the 05 playoff run, the 06 championship run. Granted, he was assisted by referees, but the fact remains the Miami Heat won the championship and he himself was finals MVP. Gotta give credit where it's due. But what, what is the John, key? You know, they uh -huh. say that that's the greatest finals uh, performance in NBA history. Well, what's, what's been deduced about they over the years is, is that they are a bunch of stat geeks who don't actually know basketball. It's utter ridiculousness. Do, does, does, does they think that Dwayne Wade could have beat the Boston Wall? And take <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> He's not beating that wall. But we're not gonna get, you're not going to get me worked up today. But Dwayne Wade, when you look at that Miami Heat team that won a championship... A lot of elite vets were on that team. And you had a reinvigorated Shaquille O'Neal. Now, granted, Shaq faded towards the end of that playoff run in the, in the championship. And we saw what happened to the Heat the following year. I think that he got beat in the first round the following year. And then, and then after that, if I'm not mistaken, as the further they away they went from that championship, right? They became a lottery team. Am I right? 15 wins. I believe they had a 19 game losing streak early in the season that year. Now, I won't put that too much on D Wade because I feel like in that year in particular, he dealt with a lot of injuries. They might have been tanking. Who knows? They ended up drafting Michael Beasley, didn't work out, whatever. But what we do know about D Wade's solo act, let's call it the, the post Shaq pre LeBron era, was Miami Heat was either a lottery team or they were first round barbecue chicken. They never made a substantial playoff run with Dwayne Wade as the solo act. Now, you again, we know what Michael Jordan did as a solo act. We know what Kobe did as a solo act. We damn sure we know, we know what Ivo did as a solo act. We damn sure know what Jerry West did as a solo act. Because when Elgin Baylor uh, retired midseason and we had the, the ghost of Will Chamberlain, that was the Jerry West team. That was his squad. You could even argue, and this is where I'm going to piss people off. You can even argue that as a solo act... James Harden has had the better individual career playing in the better conference. Now, use your ears, people. Don't get emotional. As a solo act, James Harden's had a better career. People like the front on James Harden, but he's had the better John, career. Remember, we, we got to go outside after this. 
<laughs> Yo, listen, they could come find me. I got, like I said on the round table, I'm still here. If you feel away, come to the gray area and make your case. But again, we got that Takashi security, man. We got a little feast grace. I ain't worried about them. They, they can't touch me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But again, if you want to say, Dwayne Wade, all NBA teams, he played, he was a two way player, he was a champion, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He was on that championship Miami team. But one can make the argument that he was an albatross and a bigger reason that Miami failed in 2011 than LeBron because you were asking LeBron to be something he never was. LeBron James is not a second fiddle. LeBron James is not Scottie Pippen. LeBron James is the be-all, end-all of every team he's on, and you need to be slotted next to him. You can't slot LeBron next to you. Why? Because Dwayne Wade is not even Kobe. He, he like LeBron and Kobe would have worked because Kobe is Kobe, Okay. And as much as people like to make Kobe this one-dimensional player, it's utter ridiculousness. And he has more of a, a toolbox that would that would have opened the floor for LeBron than D-Wade's mid-range game and his, and his lack of ability to shoot the three. Which goes into my other point. D-Wade was never the greatest shooter. And he wasn't a mid-range champion like a Michael Jordan before. I said, oh, Jordan wasn't the greatest shooter. Jordan won chips shooting middies. D-Wade, as a solo act, was first-round food. When D-Wade got out of the way and let LeBron James be the best version of himself, the Miami Heat were champions. If I'm not mistaken, LeBron won two MVPs. LeBron was the face of the organization. LeBron James won the finals MVP, and he was the focal point of the, the what is his name again, the coach spoke system that, that the, the OG, the OG new era pace and space was Miami Heat. Because then we started to see other teams adopt what Miami did offensively with the motion offices a la uh, Golden State, and they did it to the max. But before Golden State, you had the Spurs and you had Miami doing things on the basketball floor that were beautiful. When I go back and I watch those finals matchups, I, I didn't appreciate because I was such a hater of LeBron at the time for obvious reasons. I didn't appreciate the basketball back then. But over the summer during quarantine, when I watch those matchups, Mace, the basketball, beautiful. And D-Wade was not the star. He was the co-star. When LeBron James left Miami, what happened to the Miami Heat? I believe they didn't make the playoffs the next season. Sheesh. So you mean once again D Wade back as the solo act? Well, he had Chris Bosh, but we know what happened with Bosh. But D Wade as the focal point of the team, Miami Heat was wasn't really much, right? I mean, first round exit. Don't hesitate, Mace. Speak your truth. You know, I'm gonna tell you this, John. Uh, preparation is key, and when, and when you told me that that we were gonna do an all overrated team, I didn't just come up with one name. Okay. I came up with a few names. And Dwayne Wade's name came across when I was thinking about shooting guards, but I don't think I'm quite brave enough to put a, a, a player as popular as Dwayne Wade's own. So the fact that you made this pick, you're a brave man, but I want you, uh, Gray Area listeners, this is uh, Ray Jarvis who made this pick. You understand that? Uh, this is not me. This is Ray Jarvis. Of, of the gray area and various other media who made this pick of Dwayne Wade. Listen, again, it's not a knock. It's the reality. If your top five has Jerry West, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, and Michael Jordan, D. Wade is the only one who doesn't have a significant solo career, bro. He's the only one in that five. The only one. And, 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 if I, and correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the solo acts of those players part of why they got to where they were today as far as the legendary status? I mean, six rings and five rings. That's why they're number one and number two. Mm. And look what Iverson did with, with, with minimal talent in Philly. That, that MVP season, that 01 MVP season is one of the, the best modern seasons you could think of. Before Steph's 2016, it might have been the best little man season that right. you could think of. And, and not for nothing, Mace, he wasn't just first round food. There were times when Iverson got out of the first round with that team. He was a tough out. Dwayne Wade can't Iverson say that. He's putting up 55 and 60 in the playoffs. You can't front on that. Let's guy. talk about him. I mean, and the other I guy mean, in that five is a logo. So I mean the, the logo himself. <laughs> so again, <laughs> y'all can get in your feelings. Is I I already know. Kobe like they should. Hey, listen, we know the mediocre first step and all of that, but we're not gonna talk about that. 
But when y'all, when y'all hear this episode and y'all decide to hit me up again, listen to what I'm saying. I'm calling him overrated, not because I don't think he's good. I don't think he's the third greatest shooting guard of all time because he doesn't have the solo careers of his other four contemporaries. Let's move on to the next position. Power forward, Mace. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first here, and it's gonna be a person who I watched his entire career, and he was an all-time great. But from the first time he came into the league all the way through to the end, he was painfully overrated by sports writers who wanted their basketball players to be a certain type of way, to, to do it by the book, to be fundamental, to be vanilla, and, and, not, and not have any kind of swag, not have any kind of residual opinions or anything of that nature. My pick for most overrated power forward of all time is Tim Duncan. Now, Timmy Duncan, you, whoa, you, dog. You look, <laughs> I didn't know this is how you was coming on this episode, man. You look at everyone's list, right? And you look at where they have Tim Duncan. Look, where is he placed? Top five, top seven, so on and so forth, all-time top ten, right? They tell you he's, he's an all-time winner. They tell you how great he is. He's a great defender. And all of these things are true. I bear is repeating. Overrated does not mean I don't think he was good. I just don't think he was as great as they told me he was. You know, he was a great two-way big, but he never had the scoring seasons of a Shaq, right? He ne- he was never truly the force that Shaquille O'Neal was. Fact Next of fiction. About twenty-five a game in a two, I believe. So he correct. He 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 was never as explosive as a Tim Duncan. Never. You could argue that Dirk Nowitzki had a few better individual seasons than Tim Duncan. These are the facts. He's not better on any level than Hakeem Olajuwon. He's not better than Patrick Ewing at his peak offensively. But they tell me he's top 10 because he changed the franchise. Very true. They won five championships. Very true. And and he was an all-time great winner. Very true. But then those same people, when they have these arguments, and we bring up guys like Kobe and Jordan, right? They'll tell you that, well, they had Phil Jackson. Without Phil, what were they, right? Those same people would then tell you that Phil Jackson is also overrated because he coached Kobe. But then those same people would tell you, or they wouldn't tell you, excuse me, or bring up Popovich. How, how come Tim great Duncan great. How come Tim Duncan never gets his coach held against him? Arguably the second greatest coach of all time. How come no one ever talks about the fact that Tim Duncan always had a supporting cast? There was never a time that he, he was surrounded by scrubs in San Antonio. Never. His entire career. His entire career. And and did I remember when they had the nice little rivalry with, with the Miami Heat? When he got his fifth championship, they automatically said that this places him above Kobe. Yet he was only on the team. He wasn't the focal point of the team. Kawhi Leonard, guys like Kawhi Leonard, guys like Manu, guys like Tony Parker. Tony Parker is the number one offensive option. You can argue that Tim Duncan hadn't been the focal point of the Spurs offense since about 2006, 2007. So how is he this great? Because he was on winning teams and he was a part of it. Yes, again, use your ears, folks. Tim Duncan is great. But why are why aren't things that are held against other legends not held against him when the evidence is placed right in front of you? That's my pick, Mace. Job, I like that pick. I'm not gonna lie and thinking Timmy D was overrated for years. <laughs> That's a heavy pick. I just, you know, just like D Wade, I wasn't quite ready to go there. You yeah, know what listen. I mean? But yo, go hard or go home. Listen here, you know, while you have Timmy D, which was unexpected, folks, like we 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 had no idea about each other's picks before we go with it. We surprised each other with these picks, so I had no idea that he was about to put uh, Tim Duncan, the great Tim Duncan. But the overrated Tim Duncan mm-hmm. as his pick. My pick job is a contemporary oh. of Timmy Duncan. Oh no. Uh, it's a player who was in the league, a player that uh you know and plenty of other people know. I, I am actually a fan of this guy. I, I followed just like Job with Duncan, I followed this guy's whole career. Always been a fan. Revolutionary player. Players that uh, made moves to open doors for other players he's he's iconic if you will but mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to put kevin garnett what as my what most 
overrated power forward of all KG? time. KG? KG. KG's going on the list, y'all. Hey, so, you talk about me. Timmy D, I'm going with KG. I mean, KG. Let's, I'm going to give him his flowers for a second. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest players of all time. I have him in my top 30. We talking about a player who all-around player could score uh, one of the best rebounders in the league. But uh, one of the greatest defenders of all time could guard one of the real players. That five. You know that thing they tell you LeBron can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, KG actually could do it. He could guard one through five. So we're going to talk about why he's overrated right now, Joe. Me and you as well. We're Lakers fans. Yep. So uh, we've seen great players. We've seen great play. But to me personally, I became a Lakers fan in 98. I've seen six championships. I value winning above all. Statistics oh. are great. MVPs <laughs> are great. All, all, all of the, all of the, everything is great. But I value winning, y'all. That's what, that's what means the absolute most me is. Are you winning on basketball? What are you? Whatever you're doing is translating to victory. It is translating to championships. And KG. I mean, he's had some of the most spectacular playoff failures uh, of all the greats in NBA history. I mean, he made the playoffs every year from 97 to 03. Lost in the first round every single year. I don't know what you're doing, Mace, but it sounds like you... you (laughs) Underperformed in various years. Oh, I'm messing up on you? Nah, keep going. Uh, Oh, so he underperformed in various years, 97 to 03. I mean... First round exit every mm-hmm. single year. You just spoke about that with D Wade, but KG, mm. all these years in a row. So 04, 03, 04, his 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 uh, legendary MVP season. He gets Sam Cassell, he gets Latrell Sprewell. They make the conference finals. They lose to the Lakers, like so many others have in the early 2000s, that Shaq and Cody squad. But then the next three years, y'all. He misses the playoffs in the Great. middle of his prime. He goes from MVP to missing the playoffs oh, in his prime for three straight seasons. Are you saying that and prime KG wasn't enough of a difference to make it to drag a team to the playoffs? And this, remember this era, y'all. We're talking about uh, LeBron had his own team. He was dragging Cleveland to the playoffs. Mm. Kobe was dragging Smush Parker and Luke Walton and Chris Mem to the playoffs. AI was putting in the work. Uh, Carmelo found a way to get his team to the playoffs every year in the West. This was an era where most stars, other than Tim Duncan, like you just named, and Dirk Nowitzki as well, most stars had average to terrible supporting cast. That mm-hmm. mid 2000s, I don't know how the NBA survived. The Dark Ages. None of the biggest stars made it to the to the finals. Uh, because they had such terrible supporting cast. But everybody found a way to drag their team to playoffs except KG. Three straight seasons, right after his MVP season, missed the playoffs. And then he was saved by, you know, some sort of Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin McHale uh, mess. You know, he found a way to the Celtics, you know, one of the one of the first modern super teams, I'll say. The genesis of and, the super team era. Yeah, the, 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 what really kicked off all of this mess that we're dealing with right now. If you don't like it, some people like it. It brings ratings. It brings exciting basketball. But also, it, we know who's going to win at the beginning of the year. And, and KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce started right. that. And so until then, he missed the playoffs for three straight seasons. You know, I mean, KG, he's a great player. But, but he never really, you know, to me, he's more of the second option. More of a pip, and that was always the role that he was more designed for. True. So that leading role was was never the lane that he should have went. You know, if he could have found his way onto a team with AI or found his way onto a team with Kobe, I feel like that would have been the better role that KG could serve. 
Okay. And that's to me, you know, because, you know, they will tell you he, he has one of the best peaks ever. That, that the analytics will tell you that he was secretly better than Duncan and Kobe and Shaq and Dirk and everybody. Mm-hmm. He was the best. He's top five, you know. So this pick specifically is for them, for they, you know, just to let you know that KG is not as good as the analytics will show. He's a great player, one of the, one, one of the people that helped the NBA change, not only on the court with, with the things that he was able to do mm-hmm. as a seven-footer, but also off the court as a high schooler, ushering in that era where we got Kobe, we got well, T-Mac, Mace, we you got You're not about to try to, you ain't going to pull the media move and give him compliments after you called him overrated. You're going to stand on that, Mace. I mean, he's overrated. It is what it is. I want to give him his compliments because I'm a KG fan, but he's listen, man. He's, he's not what they nah, say. Cause I see what you're doing here. You know, he, he did a lot of things. He's overrated, but he's, he's really awesome overrated. Paul Pence got the MVP in the finals, not KG. This I is mean, a fact. Speaking of that, the small forward position. We're going to pick up the pace now because I know the people want to hear these names. For the small forward position, Mace, I'll let you lead this this position off. Who do you have as your all-time most overrated small forward? You know, Jarv, I wanted to spread the wealth. You okay. know, I didn't want to I didn't want to skew modern. I didn't want to skew old school. I wanted to jump around everything. You know what I mean? I gave you a little bit nineties with the Reggie. I gave you the two thousands era with the KG. So with this small forward, I'm gonna give you a player that's playing right now. Okay. Another player that I'm a fan of. Oh Another player that I don't think is a terrible player. But a player who, to me, is, is, is overrated. Okay. We're going to go with Mr. Straightback Braves himself, Kawhi Leonard. Wow. This is getting the more disrespectful as we go along. small forward in the history. The history? The history of the NBA. And, and and let me tell you, I I could have I could have gave you Larry Bird. I don't think he's overrated though. I could have. I, I he, well, that's another conversation for another Touché. episode. But if we talking about all time, we gotta go with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I'm a fan. Um, great player, one of the best players in the NBA. But when we're talking about in the last couple of years, I've had to deal with Kawhi Leonard. Being compared to Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. being told that he was better in the clutch than Kobe Bryant, I've been told that he was uh, the modern Michael Jordan. Wow! I've been told that he was the best player in the league when 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 LeBron James and Kevin Durant uh, uh, haven't retired. Kawhi uh, Leonard, he's a great player, um, two-way player. Even though I will tell you this, since to pick up the slack offensively. He's not shutting down cats defensively. It's the same thing with everybody. I'm not holding them against him. It happened to Kobe. It happened mm-hmm. to LeBron. It happens to all the greats. When you have to put in a certain amount of work offensively, defensively, you're not going to be able to, to just carry it all game. True. Part Somehow, of that is coaching, though. MJ is, is probably the only guy who did it. Well, who was he guarding? Exactly. Reggie Miller. That's who he was guarding. <laughs> Full circle. But... I've been told that that Kawhi Leonard is is the best player in the league because he beat a, a, a injury laden a Golden State team in the finals. I've been told that he was the best player in the league because he held LeBron to under thirty. I mean, LeBron averaged twenty eight points on fifty eight percent shooting that series. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, while he's a great player, I feel like he's a victim of the the. The pushback mm-hmm. of uh, people just wanting to just have LeBron the best. Have you know KD has his own issues. They don't like him because he made the move to Golden State. They don't like him because he he always says whatever he has to say. He makes fairness. KD does a lot of things that makes the media not like him. It makes it seem like they want a guy to just come out and be better than him. But Kawhi Leonard it, is Kawhi Leonard better than James Harden? Is Kawhi Leonard better he's, than he, Anthony Davis? Put his, uh, wait, let me let, let me let, let me push back just a bit. Not to say that you're wrong, but in comparison to those names, what I'll say is, when it's clutch time, he's more present than those players that you're asking about. 
Uh, it's it's easy to be clutch and in, in, in present when you barely play games, y'all. I mean, he's got a lot of gas in the tank. Oh my God. We're talking about the you disrespect. know, the management himself. I mean, this season people are going crazy because he's playing back to backs. I mean, I remember when players like AI and Kobe used to play forty five minutes a game. I mean, come on, man. Well, I mean. I don't want to. I don't want to dump on the guy because I'm a fan. Like you already said, did. It's okay. <laughs> it, it's well deserved. All right, let me jump saying, in, bro. Let me jump in. Right, that's how I feel about Kawhi. That's how I feel. Copy, copy. I respect it. You're not wrong. He was a champion of circumstance in 2019. So, I fair is fair. I, you know what? I drank the Kool-Aid for a second, but I realized the errors of my ways. He, he he was a champion of circumstance. There's a lot of people who love to say there's no ifs in sports, but it is what it is. He played he played Steph in them. He ain't played the Warriors. He played the Warrior. That is a fact. Uh, small forward for me. I hate to do it to y'all, man. I really hate to do it to y'all, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't say that this guy is overrated. It's gotta be LeBron. Ah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not LeBron. <laughs> oh, it's not LeBron. It's not LeBron. Uh, I was about to call an audible in this second. <laughs> Come on. The most overrated sport. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not gonna set trip, but I wanted to piss a few people off. But for me, the most overrated small forward of all time is Dominique Wilkins. Now, it has, Ooh, yeah, the high It's him. It's him. Uh, when we think about. The careers, right, of these players. We think about, you know, the lore. This is where I'm going with Dominique. There's a lot of lore surrounding Dominique. There's a lot of moments that when you put on NBA TV that they they, they harken back to. But in the 80s, well, nobody scared of the Hawks. They was getting the Hawks out of here in the playoffs in the 80s regularly, early 90s regularly. Why do we? Why does? Why is Dominique Wilkins held up so high? Now again. He didn't have the most help. He didn't have the teams that the Celtics had, the Phillies of the early 80s had, he did, or, or the Lakers. I understand every second of that. But I keep hearing his name. I keep seeing his video packages. And I'm like, what did he do? What did he do? Go see, it, you, you know what the question is? Why I'm asking it? Because a lot of people can't tell you offhand what he did besides bringing up the dunk contest that he lost to Michael Jordan. So, so why do we hold Dominique up so high? So and don't forget that game seven against Larry Bird, that battle that he also lost. You my point. Is, so what did he do, Mace? There you he, go. He, he, he scored a lot of points. He right. dunked a lot of. You know, I mean, my I can't argument be mad at you for this pick, y'all. I mean, I, I, put it this way: my argument, my argument for Wilkins is is right in line with your argument for Reggie Miller. He was a part of everyone else's story, but his story, eh? You could turn the channel. Let's be honest here. The best thing he did was rupture his Achilles and come back and still be the brand name that we knew he was. That is that to me, that is his greatest career achievement on the basketball floor. A career and an injury did not end his career. But as an individual player, he his resume is bare. No shade to Dominique. He's an all-timer. But the way they hold him up when you hear these OS talk about the Asian, you had Dominique and you had this guy and that guy. Uh. <laughs> no, there's about three teams ahead of the Hawks before you even get to the Hawks as far as discussion in the 80s goes. No disrespect to the legend Dominique Williams, but he's overrated. Staying no in a- disrespect to Dominique. Shouts, shouts to him. He the, the best Atlanta Hawk of all time. For, Easily. For whatever that's worth. Oh, look, backhanded compliments from my guests here on the great area. For whatever that's worth. Ouch. Trey Young about to take that anyway. Let Trey Young get to the playoffs and get a couple of series wins. But uh, <laughs> we're going to stay in the front court. I won't, I won't take too much time with this because it's self-explanatory. He's one of my favorite people in the league. Now I'm pulling the media move, Mace. He's one of my favorite people. He's one of the greatest voices the league has ever had. And he's had some really high highs. But when you look at the body of work, the way people talk about him, you would have thought his college career was his pro career. That player for me is one of my favorite people, the legendary Bill Walton. Bill Bill Walton, yeah, man. His career marred by injury. Yes, Portland got a championship. He he has moments. But UCLA, Bill Walton, 
is greater than NBA Grill Walton, Bill Watson, Grill Walton, Bill Walton. I must be hungry, but I, I just look at the situation and I'm like, he got hurt a lot. There's no point in his career where he ever averaged 20. I think his one of his best seasons was an 18 and 14 year. You know, he had three separate seasons where he missed the entire year, and then when he came back, once he finally got healthy, he was a bench player. Or, or not even a bench player no disrespect he was a role player and then a bench player he was never truly a dominating big in any point in nba history but if you if you let most league scribes tell it bill walton's one of the greatest basketball players of all time now maybe when you put when you bring a ucla era then we can talk right but nba wise there's no reason why bill walton should be in any discussion and it might sound disrespectful, but when you think about the other centers that came before, and you think about the other centers that came after, Bill Walton doesn't deserve to be in any of those conversations. It is what it is. I'm not mad at you, Jov. You know, that's that's a good pick. I mean, a lot of us feel that way about Bill Walton, that he's overrated, but I went for a little bit bigger fish, Jov. Okay. With, with my center pick, the most overrated all time, we're gonna go with Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go with Mr. Hundred Point Game himself, Wilt wow. Chamberlain. Wow. <laughs> the most overrated center of all time. I mean, there's a lot of overrated centers. I could have went with 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 Patrick Ewing, of course. Somehow mm-hmm. the Knicks fans try to elevate him to a status he shouldn't be. Uh, David Robinson to me was always presented as better than he was. Is leaving a little bit, you know. I whispered it since he was like, a, even Kareem is a little bit overrated. But when we talking about the most overrated center of all time, I had to go with Will Chamberlain. I mean, clearly, I didn't watch him in real time. This is just, you know, things that I've read, footage that I've seen. So this is all, this is all things that 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 I've that my opinion on the matter. It's not like I was there in real time, right. folks. I don't think anybody actually listening right now is there in real time, so bear <laughs> with me. But when we talk about Will Chamberlain, we, you know, every time anybody breaks a record, Will Chamberlain's name is there, and, and whatever somebody did three times, Will Chamberlain did 60 times. I mean, mm-hmm. his numbers are so, his individual numbers are so far past how well most people have done that you know it, it's almost absurd you know what i mean so it's hard to you know call will chamberlain overrated but when you when 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 you deeply analyze those numbers you realize that will chamberlain only has two championships just like i said y'all mm-hmm. i value winning above all else uh 100 points 50 points in the season 55 rebounds in a game i mean more 50s, 60s, and 70s than everybody. It's it's nice to look at, but he won two championships while while somebody who played his position found a way to get 11 championships. Mm. You know, and when and when you deeply analyze the numbers, Will Chamberlain has the second highest point average of all time, behind Michael Jordan by by a mere tenth of a point. But Will Chamberlain averaged 30 points per game in the regular season on career average. Okay, Will. Will Chamberlain averaged 22 points a game per average in the playoffs. Oh, so you saying when the competition went up, his production went down? Is that what Mason's <laughs> doing here? <laughs> even even further, in the finals, Will Chamberlain's career averages 18 points per oh. game. <laughs> so we're talking about a player who, by average, consistently got worse when things uh, got on the line. So... We're talking about a player who gets loaded for his scoring, gets loaded for his numbers. But those great numbers he that definitely they speak gets about for scoring. get <laughs> worse when 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 things get tight. I mean, so if if that's not the definition of overrated, what is? I mean, Will Chamberlain has two championships. Uh, one, he won in 67. He had, at the time, the best record in the history of the game in a single season. But that was just a footnote in the middle of Bill Russell's championships. And then he found a way to squeeze out another one when he constructed the first super team in the history of the NBA. I mean, it was him, the, the you know, first the greatest, uh, cent- greatest center of all time. Mm-hmm. It was Elgin Baylor, who at the time was the greatest small forward of all time. 
Jerry West, who was the greatest shooting guard of all time, all at the same time on the same team. They still found a way to lose to Russell Celtics one more time even before he retired. <laughs> then they found a way to, 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 to lose to the Knicks, but then they found a way to finally win a championship. I mean, so when we talk about Jerry West team. That was the that was the Jerry West team, just like you mentioned earlier. So when we're talking about overrated, it gets no more overrated than Will Chamberlain to me. I'm sorry, y'all. That's Jeez. how I'm feeling. Jeez. I mean when you when you present it that way, and you know like we always talk about the facts on a gray area. When you present it that way, it is hard to push back against that stance. I know they are gonna try their best. You know, but again, a lot of times with sports, it's about emotions. People get so emotionally attached to players that they disregard the facts and they present their own version of facts to make counter arguments. But if you're telling me a guy who went up against players who were about half his size, you know, failed to win more championships when he was a physical specimen at the time in the NBA, Shaq before Shaq, eh, you might be a little overrated. <laughs> you might just be. So let's bring, it, let's bring it to our last position, the most popular position in the NBA today, the point guard position. Something tells me that based on what we've discussed, the totality of what we discussed and who we've discussed, there's a chance that our pick might be similar. Mace, the floor is yours. You know, Jav, going into this, I, I, I not only considered how I was feeling, I considered knowing you for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the pick. I didn't want us to have any of the same picks, Five. you know. And I feel like I know who you're going to pick at this point guard position. Okay. Knowing you. I may be wrong. You may try to throw me for a loop like you have for this entire episode. <laughs> but when it comes to the most overrated point guard of all time... I had to go with none other than Utah Jazz point guard John Stockton. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, bro. No, you did not just do that, bro. John Stockton, the most, clearly the most overrated point guard of all time. Okay. For a multitude of reasons. I mean, John Stockton, I could have filled this entire episode for reasons why he was overrated. But I know we're strapped for time, so I'll give you a few. John Stockton. Great point guard. Uh, his cumulative numbers are so far past anybody that you may get confused into thinking that he's on the level of the elite point guards of all time. Okay. I mean, you know, when you talk about Magic, you talk about Steph, Isaiah, even Chris Paul, you know, I, I, there's a lot of players that I'm going to put over John Stockton. John Stockton never finished higher than seventh in the MVP race. Mm. No. And that was in, in, in 1989. So in the 90s, John Stockton was never looked at as a top seven player in the league at any particular season. Uh, you know, but one thing I want to talk about with John Stockton, and I feel like this is important, is that John Stockton, secretly what you don't know about him is that he was routinely outplayed by other point guards in the playoffs. Routinely. I mean, I do my due diligence, folks. So when I'm speaking, you can go do the research as I speak. You can do it after the episode. You can listen again and, and, and give it another view and, and, and check in. But when you're talking about 1988, he was outplayed by Magic. I mean, who wasn't? I'm I not mean, mad at it's that. It's Magic Johnson. In the middle, in the middle I'm... Follow, follow me here, Joe. I'm, I'm going places. So I'm not mad at him for getting outplayed by Magic in 88. Who didn't get outplayed by Magic in 88? But a couple of seasons later, 1990, he was outplayed by Kevin Johnson in the playoffs. Utah Jazz losing the first round, 3-1. to one. You know, Kevin Johnson... You know, he's an underrated player. He's a lot better than you would think. He was almost modern with the way he played. You know, a heavy pick and roll game. Went to the basket hard. A lot of athleticism. Maybe you're saying, okay, you know, KJ's better than you think. 
next player. So what John Stockton got outplayed by him. But in the next season, John Stockton was outplayed in the second round of the playoffs in a 4-1 loss to the Portland Trailblazers by none other than Terry Porter. Hmm. I mean, I know who he is, but you know, you got a lot of young listeners. I'm not sure who players know, who, who your listeners know if who Terry Porter is. These little kids don't know anything about the, the hoops before 98 or 99 or 2000. Go ahead. I'm going to let you know Stockton was outplayed by him in 91, but you know, that may be a fluke. He comes back in 92, but wait a second. They meet the Portland Trailblazers again, and he's even more severely outplayed by Terry Porter in 1992 head-to-head in the playoffs. The Utah Jazz lose 3-1 to in the first round of the playoffs, and he is outscored 24-13 to a game by Terry Porter. And Terry Porter is not the leading scorer on the Blazers, by the way. You know that was Clyde Drexler's mm-hmm. team. But, but this is what was happening to John Stockton in the middle of his prime. So, you know, they lose again in 93. They lose again in 94. 95, John Stockton is outplayed in the playoffs by none other than TNT host, inside the NBA host, Kenny Smith. That's right. Kenny Smith in the Houston Rockets Utah Jazz playoff series in 1995 outplayed John Stockton. Kenny Smith, nobody's Hall of Famer, nobody's All Star, nobody's All NBA player. So we'll wrap it up in 96 because, you know, even though John Stockton was routinely played in the early 2000s by the likes of Steve Nash and mm. the likes of Mike Bibby, he was old. we'll say he was past his prime then, but in 96, all the playoff series I named, 96, he was most severely outplayed by Defensive Player of the Year, Gary Payton, a player that, in my opinion, at his peak was better than John Stockton, just like plenty of other 90s guards like Jason Kidd, like Penny Hardaway, like Tim Hardaway, who at their peak were actually better players. Yeah, you're than going John in on Stockton. John Stockton right now. And then, this yeah, is like I'm a 36 you, 90s, ball verse. Uh, listen, he, he, he got to get it, y'all. This, this is the finale, so he got to get it. And so in 96, he's outplayed severely by Gary Payton on the way or on, on the Supersonics way to the NBA Finals. And if and if Sean Kemp didn't start eating McDonald's for breakfast, lunch and dinner, I'm pretty sure in 97 and 98 that there's no way the Utah Jazz would have made the finals. But that's Woody under the bridge. My most overrated point guard of all time, John Stockton. Easily, Joff. Who you got? Wow. Wow. How do I follow that? How do I follow that, y'all? Sheesh. Well, for me, he's everyone's favorite, but he is a guy, a player, excuse me, who I have never been a fan of before, and not even because he can't play, but because of some of his antics on the floor. And then when he got into the league and I kept seeing how he he gets held up in high regard, you can't speak ill of this player for whatever reason. But my pick is none other than Chris Paul, CP3, a.k.a. the worst life season in NBA history. Yes. <laughs> yes. Paul. Yes. you giving it to CP3. CP3. It could have been Westbrook, a.k.a. Chasebrook. But I'm going to go with CP3 because people love to hold him up. And I always say this thing, when, when you cut it down to, hit, to the brass tax of it all, and this is not about basketball playing ability, it's not about stats, it's about what have you accomplished, right, as an individual player. What is the difference between Carmelo Anthony's career and Chris Paul's career? Serious question. I mean... <sighs> Let me know, Jarv. Is there a, is there a difference? When you cut it down, no. Have, have they been on teams that should have been better than what they were? Yes. Have they both made one singular conference finals? Yes. Have they been early exits in the playoffs? Yes. Have there been bad-timed injuries? Yes. Chris Paul has so many excuses made about him as far as, oh, he was hurt this time, or this happened, or they weren't supposed to win. And it's like, isn't the best ability availability people can't people love to pick and choose when injuries mattering conversation it matters in certain spots with this player but with chris paul we're gonna give him a pass why like chris paul being hurt is part of his history it's part of his legacy right but if i'm not mistaken chris paul 
had Game 7 in 2007, I believe, or 2008, excuse me, against the San Antonio Spurs at the crib, and he lost, right? He I don't even, I don't even remember what that 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 New Orleans team did the following year or the year after or the year after. They were what they were in the 07 08 season. That's for damn sure. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Paul had the Lob City, the Lob City Clippers, the most talented team in the league if some let you tell it. Up 3-1 against the alleged choke artist James Harden. What happened? They blew the lead. Some people will say... I believe they blew the lead with James Harden on the bench. How about that? People love to bring up the fact that in Game 7 against San Antonio, Chris Paul closed them out. So now we holding up, closing out teams in a seven-game series that shouldn't win seven at home in the first round. <laughs> this is what we're doing? Chris Paul throughout his career has had multiple people at his position pass him on that list. There was a point in his career where you could have had Darren Williams. Steve Nash elevated past him, right? Steph Curry elevated past him. There are players who play this position who did more at that position. Hell, Russell Westbrook, you could say, for, for a time or two, elevated past him. And I know I'm forgetting a few names. I know I am. But the fact remains is, is that people keep telling me he's the best, he's the greatest, he's the best, he's the greatest. In some cases, you might have wanted a Rondo before you had a Chris Paul, right? He's a winner. He's a leader. How? What has he won? He doesn't even have an MVP trophy. He has one conference finals appearance. And what did he do in those conference finals, Mace? He got hurt. Hurt his hamstring. And it's funny, I, I, I laugh about it because as soon as Steve Kerr put Quinn Cook on Chris Paul and made Chris Paul dribble more than he wanted to, he got hurt. Missed the rest of the series. And they want to play the if game. They want to beat Golden State. They want to beat Golden State. I don't want to hear the if game. Chris Paul got hurt at the worst possible time. I know there was another Clippers series where he had a hamstring issue and he got hurt then and there as well. But when it was expected for him to win and be that guy, has it happened? No. Even his last year as a Clipper, he got packed up in Game 7 yet again at the crib by Gordon Hayward and Joe Ingles and the Utah Jazz. You're oh, Chris Paul. That's special. You're Chris Paul. We live in an era in this second place trophy era where we celebrate people for being there, but we're not celebrating them for accomplishing. And that's my problem. Chris Paul, for all this adulation, yeah, he's a great leader. Look what he did for OKC. They lost in the first round. Stop. Stop. Is he great? Yes. He couldn't even win a chip in college at Wake Forest. Where are the championships for Chris Paul? Chris Paul probably hasn't won a championship since high school. What are we talking about? High school. Ouch. The Clippers <laughs> The Clippers were supposed to get a chip with that group. And he alienated teammates to the point that they couldn't get it done. But because he's a, a, a better narrative than a guy like Blake Griffin or, or DeAndre Jordan, he's getting a pass for that. When he's the reason it didn't work. He's annoying. I mean, Jarvis said I was going hard on Stockton, but I think no, he because finished Chris Paul. I'm Paul's tired of people holding up Chris Paul but then they'll knock down other players who have better careers <laughs> Chris Paul is definitely one of the analytics darlings bro of, Steve of, Nash of era. resume for resume Chris Paul wishes he had the career Steve Nash had and a lot of people would, would, would poo poo Steve Nash's career but two time MVP multiple time conference finalist you can never say Nash choked in the playoffs <laughs> he wasn't hurt in the playoffs. You can't say these things about him. The I same mean, thing can be said about, about it. Jason Kidd made two, made three finals. How about uh, Gary Payton made two finals. How about I that? Mean, it, I mean, Steph Curry. People love to hold 2016 over his head. You know, we could debate about that. I'm not doing it anymore. Steph Curry has had four times the career of Chris Paul. But people will tell you that it, you can't you can't put that respect on Steph's name. But we're gonna put that respect on Chris Paul's name. We gotta stop. We gotta be honest. If Chris Paul was anyone else who was raised to that standard that wasn't Chris Paul, we'd say he was a disappointment. He's a failure. He couldn't win the big one. All of these cliches that get attached to play his name. Am I right? 
you write about a job, I can't be mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul, one conference finals appearance. Uno, singular. How? And you, can't, and you can't say he was on teams that weren't supposed to be good. He's been on a few teams that were supposed to be really good or championship good. So I'm not buying it. He is my all time. teams were loaded. Talk about it. My all time overrated point guard. There you have it. There's the list. I'm not repeating it. You listen to this whole episode, you should know name by name because I know some of y'all are upset. Mace, because time is tight and I got to get into the round table, <laughs> I need you to do this thing for me. And that's identify yourself. Hey, this is Mace. You know, I, 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 I'm starting to feel like I'm at home or, or, or the gray area. You can catch me on, on, on IG, on Twitter at Biff O'Malley. That's B-I-F-F underscore O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. Hit me up at any time. You know, I'm always willing for discourse. I'm always willing to get at your favorite player. You know, whatever you want to do, man. Let's go. Maze, this was fun. This was a hell of a list by the both of us. I can't wait to hear the comments, get the text messages, and, and the general pushback that's going to come from this episode. I appreciate you. We've got some elite lists. We think we, we did the All Hood Pass team. I forgot. We did a novelist, didn't we? We did the All Hood Pass team. And what else? We did an All Lakers team as all well. All Lakers team. And now we got the all overrated team. I, I, we got we got a strong list movement going on here. We do, man. We might be the list guys, man. I don't already know. know the vibes. <laughs> Mace, I'm gonna get up with you soon, brother. Ah, right, it's good to be back, man. Yes, See y'all sir. soon. Peace, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Another illustrious episode of the Gray Area. Coming up next, we're gonna be talking some baseball. A little Met roundtable with the homie Greg Polius and Manuel Brown, both friends of the show. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. <laughs>